Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another restful episode of True Scary Stories to Help You Fall Asleep. Today, we are going to be reading True Scary Amusement Park Stories. I hope you enjoy them. I also want to apologize to everyone for the lack of uploads here lately. I want to explain. Currently, if you're not a Reddit user yourself, There is a protest going on with a lot of different subreddits. They're basically taking down the subreddit and making it private in protest of some of Reddit's current events going on. Mainly taking away API access from third parties, which is making it very difficult or near impossible, if not impossible, for third party applications to exist through Reddit. Basically making Reddit.com or the Reddit itself application the only place to read reddit but anyways with so many communities going private it is getting hard to find stories especially newer stories to read so i'm trying my best but if my videos are shorter or if there are less uploads here for a little bit i just want everyone to know that that is why but now without further ado lay back Relax and enjoy these true scary stories. My daughter was about eight or nine at the time. We'll call her my daughter. My mom loved taking her to this local amusement park where we live, and it had rides, rock climbing walls, etc. On this particular day, my daughter was climbing all the walls. She would hit the bell on the first try at the top, climb down and go to a more difficult section. That's when my mom noticed them, a couple in their 30s or 40s whispering to each other and looking at my daughter. So my mom told my daughter that they were going somewhere different and moved to another section of the park. Not more than five minutes later, there they were again, staring at my daughter and whispering to each other. They left again only to see the couple again getting closer to my daughter. At that point, my mom was becoming paranoid and decided to leave. That's when they approached them both. They were trying to talk to my daughter, and luckily my mom has an instinct with creepy people, and snagged her and put her behind her, and this is what she told them. What business do you have talking to an eight-year-old, you weird perverts? You didn't think I had seen you following us all around the park, staring at my granddaughter and whispering to each other? I'm calling the police. At that point, they left in an absolute hurry. Didn't even give an explanation. Thanks, Mom. Who knows what their intentions were, but I'm glad that we never got to find out. I'm glad to have such an observant mom in this situation. Also... She did report it and gave descriptions of the people just in case a kid went missing. When two of my friends and I were juniors at Sunny Purchase College back in 2018, we decided to sneak into Playland Park in Rye, New York. One of my friends grew up in Rye and had done it many times before. So while I was nervous about getting arrested for trespassing, 
I felt a bit reassured that the park wasn't very well monitored at night. At around 1am, we drove and parked our car next to a large fence and attempted to scale it. It was rather difficult and required us to step onto each other's hands to get over, which gave me intense anxiety about how we were planning to get all three of us back over the fence on the way out. After both my friends got over the fence, I attempted to chicken out and wait in the car, but finally decided to join, and after several minutes of struggling, I made it over the fence on my own, and we began walking while lighting up a joint. It was pitch black at this point, and almost all the lights in the park were off. We approached the water flume ride, which went up about 100 to 150 feet, and then dropped into a steep slope. Along the side of the ride was a staircase for technicians and employees, which my friends decided to climb for a better view. At this point, I chickened out and decided to stay at the bottom out of a fear of heights. As they ascended the stairs, I looked out across the park and noticed something very strange. We weren't alone at the park. Several hundred feet from us was a pond with what appeared to be a small boat or raft inside and four or so people riding inside it with flashlights attached to their heads. What was even stranger was the fact that there were two dark figures swimming in the pond looking for something underneath the water. I could barely make out the silhouettes of these figures, but after a few minutes, I noticed that they could see us and began mobilizing the boat in our direction. I frantically started whisper screaming to my friends, who were all the way at the top of the water ride and could barely hear me. At this point, the boat had reached land, and the little lights on their helmets were heading in our direction fast. My friends finally raced down the stairs and we began sprinting as fast as we could down a boardwalk that was dimly lit and back towards the way we came. As we sprinted down the long straight boardwalk, I realized that we were completely visible and started to accept the reality of being caught and arrested. We somehow rounded a corner, got back to the fence and climbed over safely, hopping into our car and dipping immediately. I couldn't believe we didn't get caught as the figures chasing after us were no more than a few hundred feet away when they spotted us. Still to this day, I wonder why there were people swimming around at a pond in an amusement park at 1.30am. My friend had told me that kids had drowned in that pond before, making me wonder if they were searching for a body. I googled any article that I could find to no avail. Me and my two friends are still totally puzzled by this experience, and we can't think of a very logical explanation. Just thinking about it now gives me chills. I had a creepy encounter with two men that I still remember. This happened years ago when I was 10, so the details are a bit fuzzy. I was spending the summer in China with my family and we decided to go to an amusement park. My cousin, who is an 11-year-old male and I, separated from the others to ride on one of those boats that swing back and forth. The boat was at the center of a circular room that was stuffy and humid. The lights were dark blue, so it was hard to see. The boat itself was pretty small, and it was something my cousin and I could both handle. There were mostly other young kids and their parents on the ride, so it was a bit weird when two middle-aged men in their late 30s sat in the same row as us. I didn't think too much of it at the time. I sat at the end of the row with my cousin as a buffer between me and the men. A couple of swings in and one of the guys says, Wow, this girl is so beautiful. What? Surely they weren't talking about me. Sure enough, the two guys are looking at me and talking excitedly. 
The comments continued along the lines of, Her hair is so dark and straight. How old is she? Her skin is so pale. What a cute girl. Just remember that at the time I was only 10. My cousin also caught on and awkwardly asked me if they were talking about me. I didn't respond because I was too scared. Even at 10, I felt incredibly uncomfortable and my brain pretty much shut down. I held my breath and stared straight ahead without moving. Then one of the guys leans over my cousin's body and tells me, You will grow up to be a very beautiful woman. I still didn't move and just stared blankly ahead. The thrill of the ride was gone, and my entire body had gone clammy. I swear, the ride felt like hours before it was over. As soon as the two men got up from their seats, I grabbed my cousin by the shoulders and quickly steered him away to find our parents. As we were leaving, one of the guys said something, but I didn't hear him over the sound of the other people in the room. I speed walked out of there and never looked back. I hope this type of thing never happens to any of you because it's genuinely terrifying. I was 11 when this happened, and I would just like to note that most of the stories I post are true, but they happen when I was younger. I don't know why, but enough rambling. I always loved amusement parks, carnivals, and things of that sort, and I still do, but this freaked me out. My mom took me and my two friends to an amusement park, and we were about to go. The last ride we went on was the most basic ride you would ever see, the Ferris wheel. So we showed the man who was about late 40s or early 50s our wristbands and went on the ride. Me and my friends were lucky enough to get stopped at the top of the Ferris wheel, and we're talking about movies and when we would all hang out again. I would say we were up there for a minute, then we were approaching the bottom. I was somewhat afraid of heights, so I was happy to get off, but we kept going around. We went around for at least another four times, and I wanted to get off and so did my friends. I was shouting to the worker that I wanted to get off, but he kept spinning us around and smiling, especially at me, and it was not a happy smile. It was a sinister, I'm gonna get you smile. I was shouting to my mom, and she told him to let us off, and he did after another three spins. We were walking to the car, and I took one last look behind, and the guy was still staring at me, giving me that same smile that I will never forget. I still like amusement parks but I hate Ferris wheels. My mom is also now much more protective of me. This happened when I was 16 or 17. Every year we go to an amusement park that is pretty popular where I'm from. This particular year, it was myself, my mom, my dad, and my cousin. My mom and I had been fighting that day, so I was pretty much just wanting to be by myself for a while. It started raining, so my cousin and dad said that they were going to ride one more ride, and then we would just head for home and go swimming there. We live about three or four hours away, and it wasn't raining where we lived. While they were riding the ride, I sat down at the picnic area at a table on the other side of where my mom was. 
I was sitting there in my own little anger bubble and didn't even notice anyone come near my side of the picnic area. I look out of the corner of my eye and notice this man just staring, not even trying to hide the fact that he's looking at my legs and up my body to my chest. After the initial shock factor, I calmly got up and started to go where my mom was, but I didn't see her, so I walked to the concession stand on the other side of the picnic area. About five minutes passed. The line was super long and I was honestly just trying to get with my group of people while searching for my mother. And I ordered a lemon shake up and finally see my mom walking towards me. I looked around after grabbing her hand and see the guy walking towards us. I start to panic a little bit and that is not a part of my personality at all. I'm not a fearful person and would pretty much walk by myself anywhere at that age. But I just got a terrible gut feeling and was trying to think about my next move. By the grace of God, I heard my dad yelling for my mom and I to come on because we were leaving and we saw some lightning. My dad scared him off because I saw the man look at my dad, then look back at me and went back to the picnic area. I ran to my dad and grabbed his hand so tight that he told me to loosen my grip because I was hurting him. My dad is huge. He's 265 pounds of solid muscle and we always played a game where we would squeeze our fingers as hard as we could against the other one's fingers to hurt them. And my dad never got hurt by me once. So if he said I was hurting him, then I was squeezing tight. After we got to the car, I told him what happened, and my cousin and my dad wanted to go back, but I said no, let's just go. I thought I saw him in a car again as we were pulling out, and follow us away down the street. We were coming up to a stoplight that was turning yellow, and my dad took it and it was this close to being considered running a red light. And I looked back and saw that the car didn't take it. So I was either paranoid or the guy was following us but didn't feel like running a red light. For a few months, I really didn't want to go anywhere alone and had nightmares of the guy catching me alone somewhere. I've never been a drama queen, and I hope that I don't seem like one or like I'm a chicken, but I have strong gut feelings, and I knew that guy wasn't just wanting to chat about the weather. I hope you enjoyed this story as much as I didn't enjoy the experience. I was about seven years old. It was summertime and went to a water park my family and I always went to. My favorite thing to do was go in the lazy river. That's when you just float along on a tube around the whole area. Out of nowhere, this crazy-looking heavy-set woman grabbed my arm really hard and pulled me into her. Her eyes were as wide as a pair of saucers, and her mouth was gaping open. She was the scariest woman I had ever seen in my life. Back then, I thought she looked like Ursula the Sea Witch from The Little Mermaid, especially since we were in the water. I screamed, and luckily my dad was supervising and quickly grabbed me back. My dad kept telling me over and over. I could tell that he was shaken. You did the right thing to scream, but you were about to get hit by another tube and she was trying to help you. I know nowadays that's nonsense. He told me a white lie in order not to scare me. Because really, it's not a big deal to get hit by a tube. I had forgotten about her for a long time. But now I'm 34 and the memory recently came back to me and it had me in my bed shaking for hours. Thank goodness my father was with me, and that he was as vigilant as he was. I'm so glad he didn't let me go in the lazy river alone, as so many parents did. Parents, 
please supervise your children in water parks. There are predators out there. This is a true story. I was about 10 years old and went to Six Flags in New Jersey with my mom and my friend at the time. At the end of the night, when the park closed, they give an announcement to leave and everyone makes their way to the parking lot. The park was filled to max capacity that day, so we had to park the car five lots out from the entrance. Since it's a nightmare to get out to the parking lot once the park closes and we parked so far, my mom decided it was best for us to leave the park 30 minutes before closing time. We got to the car and belted up when the car doesn't start. My mom keeps trying. Nothing. My mom calls a tow truck and my friend's mom to pick us up. My mom had a tow friend, but he would be 45 minutes since we were so far out and it was late. In the meantime, me and my friend sat in the parking lot next to the car, playing with makeup until the tow truck would get there. A strange man pulls up and asks if we need help. We told him we were fine and a tow truck was on the way. He wanted more details, strangely. What time is the tow truck coming? He creepily smiled. At this point, me and my friend looked at each other and gave a nod like, this isn't right, and got into my mom's car because we had an uneasy gut feeling. Fifteen minutes go by and everyone is pretty much gone at this point. It's just us in the lot. The guy comes back, same guy from earlier. He pulled up next to my mom's window and tried to get her to roll the window down. He started tapping his wrist like he needed the time, even though he had a clock. We could see that it was in his car. My mom ignored him. Four minutes later, he drives off. He parks five lots away from us and sits there. Two security cars from the park pull up next to him, and they start to chat. Thank God, I thought. By now, the tow truck guy calls my mom to let her know that he can't get into the park since they locked the gates with chains. Thinking quickly, my mom beeps and flashes her lights at security to get them to come over so she can ask for them to open the gates to let us out. Little 10-year-old me gets out and starts jumping, flaunting my arms. They completely ignore us and drive away. The creepy guy stayed parked. Great. My mom's determined tow truck friend comes in through the exit and opposite side of traffic just to get us. He chains up to the car and we go to leave the exit that was just open because the tow truck guy came in through there. Right. The exit was chained shut. The entrance was chained shut. The security was nowhere in sight. Just the creepy guy. Well, little tow truck guy says F it and rams his truck through the gates and broke the chains, letting us out just like in an action movie. We're racing out the exit, and guess who's on our tail? The creepy guy. He follows us for a while, but nothing really happens. We just go home, and that was the end. This event occurred the summer after 8th grade. My parents started me in school a year early. I was homeschooled at first, so I was 13 by this point. Also, I didn't hit puberty until well into high school. I was one of the smallest out of all my classmates. And I'll always remember how around this time I once answered the house phone and the family friend who called thought that I was my sister. So imagine a scrawny, prepubescent 13-year-old boy. The point being... 
There was no way anyone could have mistaken me for an adult. The 8th grade trip this year was a visit to the nearest amusement park, Six Flags Great America. For the first part of the visit, I was hanging out with a larger group of about six kids including myself. Several long weekend lines and tame rides later, my group wanted to eat, hang out, talk, and just chill for a while. However, as this was the first year coming here that I was finally tall enough to ride the big roller coasters, that was the only thing I was interested in doing. So me and my other friend Kevin branched off from the other kids so that we could ride the big roller coasters for the rest of the visit. We rode on a few roller coasters before getting in line for the Raging Bull for the second time. By this point, it was already late due to the long lines, but there was enough time for us to get on the ride. Unfortunately, I hadn't considered how big of an issue my motion sickness was going to be. Once I got off a roller coaster, I would have this feeling of vertigo that only got worse with each ride. At first, it would start to go away in a few minutes and would be completely gone by the time I was boarding the next coaster. But each time, it took longer and longer to go away. By the time I was in line for the Raging Bull again, I was already feeling nauseous even before getting on. Still, I didn't want to chicken out, so I got on anyway, hoping that my nausea would go away as it had earlier. Unfortunately, it didn't. The moment I stepped off, the world was spinning and I had the worst nausea headache combination that I had ever had in my life. In contrast, Kevin said that he wanted to get back in line and ride the Raging Bull one final time before Six Flags closed. At the time, it was less than 15 minutes till closing. This time I told Kevin that there was no way that I was riding again, so I told him that he could go on and that I was going to wait for him outside the ride. He said that he didn't want to ride alone, but he saw that I wasn't going to change my mind. So he got into line while I waited on the bench right outside the entrance. In retrospect, I should have tried waiting in line with him instead of splitting up, but I truly felt like I couldn't stand without falling over, so I had to sit on the bench, and he was going to ride one more time with or without me. About 10 minutes passed while I was sitting on the bench trying to recuperate. I had my eyes closed trying to relax, and so I could only hear the people and music around me. Then I started to notice someone calling, hello, over and over again. Once I had become aware of it, I realized that I had been hearing it for a while and had just been tuning it out with every other noise. My next thought was, I wish whoever that person's calling would answer already, until I realized that there wasn't anyone nearby except for myself and the person calling. Finally, it occurred to me that the person was calling me. I turned and saw some person who I had never seen before, standing in the Raging Bull line. She looked like a perfectly normal woman in her 30s, and she had a friendly smile on her face. Back then, I was always polite, and even people-pleasing. So despite how horrible I felt, the first thing I did was apologize for not answering sooner, telling her that I hadn't known that she was calling me. The woman said that it was okay, then she asked for my name. I told her my first name without giving it much thought. Then she said, that's a pretty name, which I thought was silly because I have a perfectly ordinary and boring name. She didn't tell me hers, though I didn't get the chance to ask, because right away she asked me if I wanted to get on the raging bull with her. First, I simply and politely told her that I didn't, and hoped that she would leave it at that, as I was still feeling miserable. She said something like, why not? You should come with me. And I told her, I can't, I'm not feeling well, that's why I'm waiting for my friend. Come on, you'll be fine, she insisted. Sorry, I really shouldn't. I'll probably puke on the ride, I said. She basically ignored this and just said, Don't worry about it. 
just come on already, all the while still smiling. At this point, her tone was still playful rather than angry. I told her, I'm waiting for my friend and he'll be back soon. If I get on, he won't know where I am. This was in 2008 and I didn't have a cell phone. The woman said, he'll wait for you here. Don't worry, it's not a big deal. But I told her that Kevin might think that I had gone back to the bus or to the bathroom. I said he wouldn't have waited here because he wouldn't have assumed that I had gotten on the ride since he knew how much I didn't want to get on. She just said again, it'll be fine, come on. Not even paying attention to my concerns. Finally, I was beginning to think that that was weird. Why was this random woman so adamant about getting on this ride with me? I couldn't understand it. Since nothing I said had persuaded her to leave me alone, I reminded her that Six Flags was closing anyway, so there was no point. By now, there must have been less than five minutes until closing. I knew that by the time we even reached the ride, they wouldn't have been letting anyone get on. That's when she said, I work here so it's fine. I didn't see what that had to do with anything. Could employees ride after closing? I didn't know, but I did notice that she wasn't wearing any kind of uniform to identify her as an employee. Just regular street clothes. She must have noticed how I was looking at her, because then she changed her story. Well, I don't work here, but I do have a lot of friends who work here. Again, I didn't see what that had to do with anything. Would she and I be able to ride after closing just because she had some friends who worked there? And why did she say at first that she worked there? I didn't know, but then I asked, Why don't you just ride with your friends then? Because I was still so confused why she was asking me, when she apparently had a lot of friends around who would be off work soon. Then she smiled even more and said, I want to go with you. Like, somehow I was special. It just made me more confused. I kept trying to explain why I didn't want to get on, repeating the reasons I had already used trying to be as polite as possible because I didn't like rejecting people or hurting their feelings. But I was hoping she would just take no for an answer and leave me alone. She continued to ignore all of my protests and just kept asking me to go with her, kept saying it was no big deal, and kept saying she didn't want to go with anyone but me. After a while, she finally said, Is that your friend? By this point, it was to my relief that I saw Kevin coming towards me from the exit of the Raging Bull. I headed towards him immediately, but then stopped and turned to wave goodbye to the woman. It seemed rude to just walk away from someone who had been talking to me for several minutes, however annoying she was. When I did turn to her and saw her face, it was the first time that I felt genuinely afraid during this encounter. The whole time she had been smiling, acting so nice and friendly. Now she was staring at me completely infuriated, almost enraged. I was the kind of kid who never liked upsetting people or getting into trouble, so I had never seen anyone look at me like that. Just that look of pure hatred on her face made me feel like I had been any closer to her. She might have attacked me from how angry she was. I was so anxious about it that I went over to Kevin before he reached me and left with him quickly because I was worried that she would leave the line and chase after me. Thank God she didn't. But also, she was too smart to have attacked me in public. The thing is... The line leading up to the Raging Bull is very long, and most of it is hidden from view from the outside. Since it was so near closing time, the line would have been deserted. So if I had gone with her, it would have just been her and myself completely isolated. Later, I understood better why she might have asked some random child who was sitting alone to get on the ride with her, or specifically to get into the very long secluded line heading up to the ride, so near closing time. The only people who I told were my parents. 
Once I explained the situation, my mom said that if I had gone with her, I wouldn't have made it to the ride. Stupidly, it wasn't until she said this that I realized the woman probably wasn't actually interested in the roller coaster itself. My dad gave me another speech about how I was supposed to never go anywhere alone with someone who I didn't know well, and that in public, I should always travel with someone else. He pointed out that even me and just one other kid was dangerous. My parents did tell me that they were glad that I had the sense not to go anywhere with her. My main thought about the matter both then and now is the reason I didn't go was just because I was sick and I don't want to inconvenience my friend, my teachers, etc. by getting on the ride so close to closing without them knowing where I was. I didn't not go because I was suspicious of her. It's scary to think of how trusting I was of this woman, right up until I saw how murderous she looked when she saw that she had lost. Over the years, my mind went back and forth between assuming that she was some kind of predator and giving her the benefit of the doubt. Especially when I was younger, I really wanted to believe that maybe she just truly did want to get on the raging bull with me. But being an adult now, I can't give her the benefit of the doubt anymore. What wholesome explanation is there for a 30-plus-year-old woman asking some prepubescent child sitting by themselves to go anywhere alone for the adult to keep trying to pressure the child for five minutes after they already said no, and then for the adult to get angry when the child rejects them as politely as possible and then leaves with a friend. In Orlando, Florida, I was staying at a resort in Disney World. I was sitting outside on the steps of the courtyard and a man approached me. We were the only two people in the vicinity. The man did not look like a resort guest. I stood up and he began to talk to me. He asked me what my name was, and me being on the spot stupidly told him. He smiled creepily. He asked how long I was staying there. I told him I didn't know. He continued to talk to me, making me more and more uncomfortable. I just wanted to go back to my room and hide. I wasn't giving him detailed answers when responding to his questions. But when I'm on the spot like that and someone I don't know asks me a question, I answer somewhat truthfully. I really don't want to answer truthfully, but it just comes out. I'd say it's probably due to anxiety. I wish I wasn't so honest to random people. If I were to hightail out of there, he'd probably be able to catch me. The man had graying hair. He was tall and muscular. He did not look attractive at all. His questions kept getting weirder, like, are your parents here? And what room are you staying in? Daska began to fall. So many red flags. I'm quite a shy person with people that I don't know anything about. I tend to give them one-word answers if they ask me any questions. At this point, I wanted to leave very badly. The man got real close and stared into my eyes, making me even more afraid. He was close enough to grab me. Just then, the door leading to the courtyard opened. I felt scared now. I turned, expecting to see one of the man's friends. But in fact, it was the opposite. It was my amazing great-uncle. Out of all the people staying at the resort, my great-uncle came out of that door. I was saved. The man smiled at him, an unsettling smile. My great-uncle knew something was up, and so he told me that my parents needed me for something, and that I should come with him. So I did. My uncle held out his hand and I took it, walking past the creepy man. I shivered as I noticed his eyes following me. My great-uncle asked if I was okay. I told him I was a bit scared. 
My great uncle asked who that man was. I told him I didn't know. We were headed to my grandma's room through the vast courtyard. We walked hand in hand on the sidewalk that led to more of the rooms. I kept looking over my shoulder. The man was still standing at the steps, looking at me and smiling. I believe that my uncle knew what the man's intentions were, as did I. The man was probably falling for me. In other words, he was probably looking to grab me. I am so grateful that my uncle was there to save me. This happened on winter break. I was 17 and I still am. I still think about what happened to this day and shiver at the thought of what was going to happen. I mean, who wouldn't? When we got to my grandma's room, I told my parents everything. They were relieved that I was safe and unharmed, as was I. My husband and I went to Disney for our first anniversary. I always wanted to go as a kid, but it never happened. So we made it happen as adults. While we were there, we decided to check out the Space Center at Cape Canaveral. It was off-season, so there weren't a lot of people. There was a space simulation ride that my husband wanted to try. Basically, it was in what looked like a movie theater room with seats that vibrated and shook as if taking off into space. I wasn't interested in trying it. Instead, right outside the room was a camera that showed the inside. So my husband went in and sat in one of the seats in the front row. As I watched it all on the camera screen right outside, there was nobody else in there. Before it started, a man and woman and two young kids came. Like me, the woman wanted to try the ride. The husband and kid choose to stay outside by me. As I watched the camera, I saw the woman walk past the many rows of empty seats and sit right next to my husband in front. While I thought this was very odd, I mean, why would she choose to sit next to a strange man instead of the many other seats available? It looks like they exchange words like, hello, what's your name, how's your trip, etc. Her husband, who was standing next to me, said, whoa, whoa, is that your husband? I reply, yes. Him, what's he doing? He asks angrily. She's my wife, what is he trying to do? My shy husband was just being polite. Nothing more, but this guy was losing his mind. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, your wife is the one who chose to sit in that seat. She could have sat anywhere else. The guy continues, what is she doing? He starts visibly punching the door and telling me to make my husband stop. He starts to fake cry and pull at his hair. I'm getting freaked out inside, but I'm trying to look cool. His kids were young, but I could sense their anxiety. I know that once that ride was over, I had to get my husband and get out of there, because I think the guy wanted to start a confrontation. He kept gritting his teeth and staring at me like, you better put an end to this. The ride finally ended. My husband was the first one out. I immediately pulled his arm and went to the opposite way, saying, we gotta leave. He told me later that the woman was just making friendly chit-chat about Disney, etc. Thankfully, we didn't run into them after that. But I wonder if his wife had ever cheated on him. Or maybe he was just a control freak. The experience really soured us to never want to go there again. I 
I had forgotten about this until my cousin brought it up today. When I was about six, so in 2002, all my cousin's aunts, uncles, grandparents, etc. were going on a trip to Cedar Point, which, for those of you who have never heard of it, is a big amusement park in Ohio. It's about a three-hour drive from where we lived in Michigan. My parents and aunts and uncles were in one car. The cousins and I were in another with our grandparents. At the first turnpike entering Ohio, basically a toll booth that you have to pay a few bucks to get through, everything is normal until I hear a commotion and I see a girl flee out of the backseat of the car in the lane next to us and go to my parents' car window that was behind them. From what my mom told me, this girl came up to the window freaking out, saying the man in the car in front of them had kidnapped her and was going to kill her, basically screaming and begging them to let her in. So they do, because what are you going to do, just let some girl die? Mom said the girl couldn't have been older than 18. My dad got out and ran to the booth so they wouldn't let the guy through. They pulled him over and traffic continued as normal. The girl went with the booth people while they called the authorities. Scariest part is when my cousins and I were looking into this guy's car. He was looking at his really angrily. Some bald muscular dude. And he definitely had several rifles or AR type guns in the back seat. As we could see one sticking out. And my mom confirmed me today that the girl did tell her that the guy had guns. She never found out what came of it. And when I look it up, I can't find anything on it. But I'm glad that that girl made it out safely. And I hope that she's doing well now. I used to work at a water park. And at our park, we had a slide that was about 60 feet high. One pipe, and the most popular, went down at an 80-degree angle. It was completely open. You sat down and slid down the 60 feet within two seconds. Quite a thrill, really. Two guards manned the ride, one at the bottom and one at the top, to control the antics of the guests at all times. Then I see a kid take two steps backwards. I know what he's about to do. He must be stopped, I think. But alas, what am I going to do? I have no way to contact the lifeguard up top. There's no phone, no radio. I blow my whistle twice. The guards nearby look at me. The guard at the top turns around to find the source of my noise, to find me pointing at the kid. Too late. The kid ran and jumped clean off the slide. Now up to this point of my life, I had been afraid of things, but nothing in all of my life had made me this scared until now. Seeing a young man fall to his impending doom and being powerless over it makes you feel terrible. Feeling by some extension of logic that you are indirectly responsible for this makes it even worse. Never in my life have my stomach and jaw dropped so fast. To his credit, he assumed the proper position of arms and legs being crossed. But now he was clean in the air, flying like a lead brick. As he did so, his body turned ever so slightly. It was something he noticed and fruitlessly tried to correct for. Instead, he fell some distance before hitting inside the flume and chaotically tumbling down the ride. I called the paramedics immediately, and we had to backboard this kid out of the Splashtown flume. The kid messed up his neck pretty badly. Broke his fibula, I think. He was carted off in an ambulance and put in a brace the moment we got him out. They said he was fine. He walked again, much to my surprise.
I've seen people fall out of log flumes, stick their hands in machines and throw up everywhere. But I missed the worst by about a half an hour. A man fell off a roller coaster during a gravity hill and was hit by the same train that he was riding in. He ended up dying almost immediately. I had been working on the ride up until about a half an hour before my shift ended. He was in the front seat, unfortunately, so all the passengers saw what happened, including the nephew that he was riding with. It was one of the reasons I decided to stop working there at the end of the season after two summers. I couldn't get over the thought that a man died because people were lazy or dumb. He was a veteran who was missing a leg completely, and the other up to the knee. The restraints came down over the legs with a lap belt. He never should have been let on the ride, but was mistakenly allowed to by ride workers. I worked on the Dueling Dragons at Universal Orlando when in college. For those who don't know, the Dueling Dragons were two separate coasters that dueled and had several near misses with each other. They were pretty unique at the time and were super fun. As you can imagine, Universal told people to empty their pockets before they rode so that their phones and stuff wouldn't fly out and smack somebody on the other coaster at 60 miles per hour. Of course, many times people would ignore this because they're lazy and stupid. I was working one day when the ride shut down completely. Change had flown out of someone's pocket and hit a guy in the eye, leaving him blind in that eye. The tragic part? The guy was already blind in his other eye. Now the guy is 100% blind. They didn't duel anymore after that, and the ride was left permanently much lamer. I still feel bad for the poor blind guy, but the irony is comedic in a dark sort of way. Thank you for listening to all of the stories in this video. I hope you enjoyed them. Also, again, I do apologize for how short this video is. It's due to the strike that many subreddits are going through right now. And due to the strike, I wasn't able to find many of the stories that I normally would. But anyways, I'll read to you again in the next video. Get an excellent night's sleep. Good night, everybody.